Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. I am your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me, as always, is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen, and Go Tigers 247 digital content creator, Kenny Stubblefield. And guys, we are recording this 3 o'clock on Tuesday after some big breaking news in the college football world. Both the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have canceled slash postponed the 2020-2021 season to the spring. Uh, feels like March all over again, huh, guys? It's so depressing. I feel like Eeyore right now. Wah, wah, wah. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane, but at the same time, you still have these conferences, including the American, saying that they want to play football regardless of what the Big Ten and Pac-12 did, because this was expected. Uh, I think the the conference commissioners, both the Group of Five and Power Five conference commissioners, were expecting this move to come today, and now they're just kind of sit back and waiting to see what the Big 12 does. But the SEC, the ACC, uh, the American, the Sun Belt, these teams want to play football. So the next, I'm going to say week, maybe maybe five to seven days, is going to be very interesting to see what these conferences really do. Well, here's the thing. Things change so frequently right now. And I just feel like the Mm -hmm. SEC, the American, all of these conferences are willing to sit back and say, listen, we're going to prepare like there's a season. And if we get to September and it looks like things have taken a a turn for the worse or we know more about the virus and the long-lasting impacts on athletes, then we'll reevaluate. But today we're not ready to make that call. I respect that a ton um, just because everything is changing so rapidly right now. So I applaud the American, the SEC, everybody kind of holding out. I think the Pac-12 was kind of a no-brainer because of state legislation. They just couldn't have a season. Big Ten, eh. <laughs> yeah, the Big Ten was a little bit more surprising. But I think you I think you hit the nail on the head there, Brooks. Um, these schools, like I said, they want to play football. And also, it is a day-to-day change. Like, you never know what the next guy is going to bring, what kind of information it's going to bring as far as the virus goes, and then as far as the college football world knows, kind of the same thing. You you really have no idea what each day is going to bring. But they're being patient. They're waiting. They're doing their due diligence. Um, they're testing. They're trying to keep players as safe as possible while they're currently having fall camp right now. So I think at this point it's just them trying to be safe but also say that that we want football. It, it does bring a bit of normalcy back, but it's not just to bring it back. That's not why. That's not the only reason they want to bring it back. They do want to do it in a safe way. So I think you've seen the demands from some of these players of the conferences, and I think they're they're very doable. I think they're very um, 
they're very good ideas that these players have brought to the table, and it'll be interesting to see if uh, those conferences kind of answer the bell on that and go for it and, and keep moving forward until they can or until they can't. So, Brooks and Christian, y'all are the crystal ball aficionados of Go Tigers 247. Um, let's crystal ball this. Um, what, Just looking into your crystal ball and kind of figuring out what's going to happen, um, what do Tiger fans need to be looking out for in terms of the national news about conferences and postponements and spring foot, whatever? What is it that we need to be looking out for as Tiger fans and followers? What do we need to be looking out for? Well, I think, like I said, the Big 12 is a, is a big component in all this. A lot, of, a lot of these conferences are holding their breaths and, and waiting on what the Big 12 says. Um, that they, I don't think they've released a timetable for when they plan on announcing what their plan is. Um, so like I said, well, this is Tuesday afternoon and we, and we still have no idea what they're planning on doing. Uh, but I think that that makes a big impact. And you've also seen two, uh, group of five conferences cancel. So you're down what four conferences right now, four conferences are completely gone. You're more than a third of your teams in division one football are gone. So at some point, if, if all these conferences drop out, then you have to obviously, but uh, the Big 12 is is kind of your swing team right now. If they stay in, then I think these other conferences are going to try to push as much as possible. Uh, if they drop out, we could see other teams drop out, or we could see other conferences just say, okay, let's let's keep pushing. We got what we got. Let's keep pushing. We're 50% down teams-wise, but let's go. The American is known for its slogan, Power Six. So when the Big 12, I mean the Big 10 dropped out, obviously – the American became a part of Power Five. You know, the Power Five's down a conference, so the American obviously slid into that. Who's next up? Like when the Pac-12 bowed out, who's next up after that? I mean, is it CUSA? Is that Sun? It's the I, Sun Belt. I, I, Sun I don't Belt. No, there. Yeah, Sun. Is it the Sun Belt? Is it the CUSA? Uh, stuff has stuff has gotten crazy, and it's uh, I, I don't know. We were talking about this earlier. What do bowl games look like? with half of your conference is gone or a third of your team's gone. It's it's insane. Like I said, there are so many unknowns right now. Like these teams that have never played in a decent bowl game before could potentially play in a high level bowl game just out of necessity because there are no teams left. I feel yeah. like I don't know, do y'all remember back in high school when you were trying to organize what you were gonna do on a Friday night and it's like you have a, a group that's willing to go to this like party or where everybody's hanging out and you like start having people drop out like flies Terrible. and you get down to like that core group of like three or four people and you don't necessarily like really like those people. So you're like, you know what? I'm out. I'm just going to stay home tonight. Home. <laughs> that's what we're watching with this. It's crazy. So we were talking a few minutes ago, Christian and Brooks about, some of the players, right? Like what does Justin Fields do for Ohio state? But let's take that to the Tigers point of view. If the, if, if uh, the American athletic conference doesn't play football in the fall, will we ever see, or are we going to see Brady white, DeMonte Coxey, Kenneth Gainwell on the field for the Tigers again? I think that's kind of hard to imagine. I mean, you think about Brady white's already going into his sixth year, uh, does he want it to wait until the spring, or is he just like, okay, at this point, I've been through so much medical red shirts, uh, sitting out at Arizona State, came to Memphis, now they want me to sit out until the spring, uh, which is when the draft would be. Do I just say screw it and try to try to show my skills as much as possible and get drafted? And if I don't, great, I'm a very smart kid, I can go get a job. Uh, same thing with DeMonte. DeMonte's, you know, two 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 seasons over a thousand yards, one of the three players in school history other than Anthony Miller and Isaac Bruce. Does he just try to test the draft waters? 
Kenny Gainwell, after last year, he has great tape. Does he try to go test the draft waters? It gets very interesting because what I mean, it's not like they want to go play, and I'm not talking about these guys because they are seniors. It's not like they want to go play in the spring, finish the season sometime around the summer, and then gear right back up to play again. That, that you have no spring practice, you have no summer practice, you just go straight into the next season. It, it's it's really really clustered. I don't think any players want to do that. That's why I don't really understand what the Pac-12 and Big Ten want to do. I don't understand postponing. I would just cancel it. You kind of just have to cancel it at that point. You have draft in the spring. Uh, it's just it's so complicated. No no college football player wants to play back to back seasons with no breaks in between. So it's very complicated. Trying to put myself in the shoes of Memphis fans. I don't think any of them want to imagine a world in which we've already seen the last of Brady White and DeMonte Coxie and those guys on the field. Like, it's just, I doubt that they want to even entertain that possibility. But the reality is, is like, this stuff is going to keep shifting and moving. So my my word of advice to those listening is stay tuned in. As this stuff breaks, or, you know, we've talked about doing these types of podcasts to talk about what news means for Memphis fans for the the program as it happens so stay tuned we'll do those podcasts on a more frequent basis moving forward one thing I do want to say is that today the rest of today's podcast is going to be a little bit different we're going to give you a sneak peek on some of the inner workings of what you would normally get if you were a VIP member of Go Tigers 247 Uh, we're going to specifically talk about basketball recruiting when we come back from this short break, hearing from our sponsors. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back to talk basketball recruiting, and we cannot talk about basketball recruiting in the University of Memphis without first hitting on the newest University of Memphis commit in Josh Minot. First, before we get to really talking about recruiting in general, Christian and Kenny had quite an eventful Saturday morning up at the wee hours of Saturday, Josh Minot was scheduled to announce his commitment at 10 a.m. Central Time on Saturday morning. Plans changed. Christian, what happened? Yeah, so it definitely didn't happen at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. It happened at 1 a.m. on Saturday morning. And uh, let me set the scene real quick. I don't want to drag this out too long because I know we got a lot of basketball recruiting stuff to cover. But I'm hanging out with all my friends. It's Friday night. I had just done an interview with Josh and, you know, his his uncle Andrew 
and we were all fired up talking about it, explaining to each other what we we're going to do in the morning. We were all going to wake up seven or eight o'clock, throw a bunch more stuff together. We already had a couple things together and we were just going to dominate this whole story. That was the plan. I'm sitting there. I'm literally leaving my friend's house to take one of my other buddies home before I go home. It's 1257. I get a text from Andrew Minot, Josh's uncle, saying he just posted the video. I also have a missed call and like three texts from Kenny saying he just posted it on IG. So I'm like freaking out. I drop my buddy off. I FaceTime Kenny. I'm like, okay, I've got a commitment article ready. We've got one podcast ready. What do we do? Like, do we wait until the morning, wake up at six o'clock and, and finish this stuff out? Or are we just going to go ahead and go for it? And, and me and Kenny both were kind of like, you know what? This is what we do. Let's go. Let's go dominate this. 1.30 in the morning when I get home, uh, I come up here. We start getting on here, doing podcasts, um, and write, I wrote another article. I think me and Kenny finally called it a night at 3.45, and by that time we had published two articles, two podcasts, and put everything out on social. So it was it was an eventful night. It was uh, it was fun, but me and Kenny were both pretty exhausted on Saturday. Well, it was interesting because... I had been in bed already. I was in bed. Kenny I'm was, old Kenny Christian. was asleep. Not, not even just yeah, in bed. Asleep. I was asleep. Yeah, I was asleep. And I woke up and... Um, it was a premonition. It was a premonition. Something woke me up. And usually it, I can tell if I'm going to go right back to sleep. If I just close my eyes, I'll go right back to sleep. And I knew that I wasn't going to. So I was like, you know what? Let me grab my phone. So I grabbed my phone, jumped on the um, Instagram app, and I see Josh and I was like, oh, that's interesting. He just put out a video. I click on the video, and it's like, I look at it, I'm like, that's a commitment video. And I was thinking, I was like, this dude is brilliant. He's going to post a video and say, coming soon, with the with like the announcement at the end, or with, with like coming soon at 10 a.m. tomorrow. And then the video finished, and boom, the Tigers logo pops up. And I flipped. I was like, oh, my God. So I jump on the, I'm like sitting there in bed going, what, what do I do right now? So I, t I called Christian cause I was like, Brooks is old like me. He's in bed. So I called Christian, Christian didn't answer his phone. It's like, well, I had to make the decision very quickly. I was thinking to myself, I'm going to post stuff now. Like I'm just going to drop the stuff that we have now, just so that everybody knows that we were on top of it. But I also felt very uncomfortable about that because I don't, I never post things without Brooks and Christian's approval. And so I was like, I've got to talk to Brooks or I've got to talk to Christian. And so called Christian, then I called Brooks and it goes straight to voicemail. And, um, and so next thing I know, I'm, I'm just sitting there going, I don't, I don't, I don't know what we do. Like, I don't know what to do. And then finally Christian calls me back and that's when we, did what we do, Christian. Yeah, interesting tidbit that probably no one knows outside of this circle and Brooks's family. This man sleeps with his phone on Do Not Disturb. So very good for him. He gets a, a, a nice night's sleep, but not good when it's 1.30 in the morning and you're trying to figure out what the hell you're supposed to do. So I didn't even try to call Brooks. As soon as I called Kenny, I was like, he sleeps with his phone on Do Not Disturb. So there's no point in calling him. Like, we are not getting him tonight. This is me and you. We got to figure this out and go for it. I don't sleep. I coma. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's not happening. I don't, premonitions don't happen with me. There's no ghost tapping me on the, on the shoulder in the middle of the night saying, Josh, my not is coming. <laughs> and there's, I got nothing. So you guys killed it. And, and the lesson here for all the, the fans that, that don't know how this stuff works, plans are great. 
but sometimes you just have to scrap plans because kids are kids, you know, plans are plans and kids are kids. So the funny part uh, is we didn't go to bed till three forty-five. Christian and I finally got off zoom at three forty-five in the morning. And, um, I set my alarm for seven because I know that's what time Brooks is normally up on, during the weekdays at like five, five, but during the weekends, he's up at like seven. And so I set my alarm for seven because I wanted to see what he was going to say when he woke up and saw the texts. And all I know is I woke up and I had a text message from him going, WTF. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing I said. <laughs> So luckily, you know, like I, I mean, I tell everybody this, you guys are amazing. Luckily I got people around me that make me look smart. Um, so y'all killed it, but on to more tigers recruiting. Oh, before we move on, let me just go ahead and drop this little nugget. I fully expect moving forward. Once the rankings are redone, look for Josh Minot to move up in minimum into the top one, uh, into the top fifty of the two four seven sports independent rankings, and possibly as high as the top twenty to twenty five, which mind blowingly would be him going from an unranked prospect to a five star, like a McDonald's All American level player. Um, you know, two four seven's rankings council is reevaluating Josh. You know, the the guys that I've spoken to love him. Um, and I think that they now realize how undervalued they have had him. So I don't think I've made this point clear. This and this alone is a testament to this staff's ability to evaluate players, to, to be able to, to watch talent, to watch film, know what they're looking for, and know that a player is a high-level player regardless of their ranking. So For so long, Memphis fans have been caught up in rankings, like is he a five-star? And the reality is moving forward, I think you'll see Penny, Cody, Tony move more towards just finding guys that fit what they need and going after them. In fact, I would be shocked if at least – one, if not two more of these these guys are the same type of situations. Guys that end up committing to Memphis, they're reevaluated and make massive moves in the rankings. So that's another VIP nugget for you. That's what you normally get in VIP. So in terms of recruiting, Christian, you caught up with another unheralded, unranked level guy. And that's class of 2021 big man, Sam Aomide. I probably botched his name. So Sam, if you listen to this, I apologize. If you can give me like a my not, why not type of comparison uh, name, phonetic spelling, go for it. Uh, But Christian, what did Sam have to say in your recent interview? Yeah, so that was, you know, we're talking a lot about VIP right now. That was a VIP article, so I don't want to go too in depth on, on what the content of that was. Uh, but me and him talked a lot just about his relationship with Memphis's staff, uh, kind of how he sees himself fitting in Memphis's system if he was to come here. Uh, he talked a lot about his relationship with Cody Topper. They've built a, a close relationship. And then something, uh, you know, we love player comps here. It's something we always talked about. So I asked him about some of the guys that he compares himself to, uh, and he had some very interesting comparisons. But if you haven't read that story yet, go check it out. It's it's on the main page of the GoTigers247.com. Uh, also on the boards um, 
there on the Go Tigers 247 roundtable. But very interesting story. Uh, very good kid on and off the floor. Didn't start playing basketball until the age of 14. So uh, if, if you missed that or you haven't read it yet, go check it out. Because like I said, very interesting kid and uh, had a lot of good things to say about Memphis and the staff. Christian, I think you missed the point of this concept with giving a like a look in the VIP. Give the people something, man. Like, give us a quote. Give us something good and juicy. I know one of the guys he compared himself to that he wants to play the game like is Joel Embiid. That's and I, I honestly watch I him that. film. I love, I love that. that. I said it. I think I said it in the article uh, here. If you want, if you want us to get into the nitty gritty, let's let's read the quote. Just give a real let's juicy read the quote. quote. I'll. I'll read one about Memphis' staff just to make everybody uh, feel better about it. Uh, here we go. Tim talking about uh, the the Memphis staff. Memphis has been great, and I've built an absolutely amazing relationship with the staff there. I talk to Penny three times a week and Cody pretty much every day, and we talk about basketball, but we also have built a personal relationship. So there you go, Brooks. There's your there's your juicy quote. But, yeah, the, I love the Joel B comparison. Uh, as soon as he said it, I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense because Joel's somebody that – really had to expand his game once he got into college at Kansas. And then once he finally got going in the league uh, after the injuries cleared up, was able to expand his mid-range game and his perimeter shooting. And that's something that Sam has the potential to do because he's already great down low. He has a size and athleticism to rim, rim run, block shots, uh, be dominant down low. But he, like I said, he's an athlete. He's an athletic player. Uh, and if he continues to build his game and and become a mid-range shooter and a decent three-point shooter. I think he has the capabilities and the potential to do that. And that's when you start talking about this guy being one of the best big men in the 2021 class. So somebody that we've talked about for a while now, I think we're all big fans of his game. And for me, it's always exciting to look forward at to what they can be. I think that's something that we do very well as a team uh, and that we love looking forward to players because potential is so fun to think about. And with Sam, there's a ton of it. Well, Kenny, I know you love Sam. And... I mean, you love player comps. What do you think about that, Joel Embiid? I want to talk about one relationship, but I want to get your opinion on it. Do you have another player comp? Well, no. I I think the Joel Embiid comp, and and I love that he um, sees that in himself. Like a lot of times when the pundits talk about comps, that's that's great and that's fine. You know, I'd be concerned if he said, "Yeah, I'm going to be my player comp is Kevin Durant." Yeah, there's a level of of understanding his talent and his skill set and what he likes to do um, that that translates to you know the Joel Embiid um, the Joel Embiid comp. I just hope we just we know that he just picked up a Kansas offer last week. Let's just hope that we can trust this process um, and that he doesn't go to Kansas. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Come on, son. Come on, trust the process. The process. Well. One part of the the article that Christian hit on with the quotes from Sam is Sam's big on relationships. And this is a VIP nugget here. I'm just laying it out plain and simple. Sam Aomide is now up in Philly. He lives with fellow class of 2021 prospect John Camden, 6'8", six, six, multiple position dude that Memphis also loves. That relationship is is strong I, I do think that there will be a pull for those two to play together and anyone who's vip knows this you've read the article already 
where I, I tabbed Sam Ayomide as the number one prospect on the board overall for Memphis in this recruiting class. So obviously you can deduct from that statement that if Memphis is going to heavily, heavily prioritize Sam, John Camden becomes a part of that equation as well. So something to keep an eye on if you feel me. <laughs> so <laughs> moving forward, th- th- there are others at play here. We can't move forward from John yet. Let's not let's talk about John for a second. John Camden is a monster. Um, I, Brooks, you sent a couple of highlight packages to to Christian and I um, over the last few months about John Camden and that highlights John Camden. And this kid is huge, number one. And you talk about we talk we talked a lot about Lester and his jumper and his form. A lot of it is about form. John's shooting form has zero fat at all zero fat high release perfect follow through wet and then i saw a few things like and and so that's that seems obvious right like you'd go okay this kid can shoot the ball most most high level um uh white dudes that are in high school have really good jumpers um they can shoot the ball really well the highlight package that i saw today that i thought was super in- intriguing was seeing John in multiple possessions going to the basket. He was not only going to the basket and finishing, he was finishing off of the wrong foot, which is a move that is absolutely taking over the game in terms of, of getting to the basket. He was, there was a few times where he jumped, he was going down the uh, right side of the basket, right side of the key, jumped off of his right foot and finished with his left hand at the basket. Like, there is a level of skill there. Like some Manu Ginobili type of stuff. Woo, son. Yeah, and that yes. that's the thing you hear about most shooters is that they like to stay on the perimeter. They don't like to go down low. They're, they're finesse guys. They like to stay outside. And that's the thing that jumps out about John Camden is that he is very smooth and very skilled, so he can get to the basket. He has very good body control down low. He can, As Kenny said, he can finish uh, in multiple different ways and uncomfortable ways. And that's something that you have to do, especially at the next level and then in the NBA. So it's something that he already has in his game. And, you know, for for any college coaches, that's very encouraging. College coaches have to love to see a guy that understands that you have to, to, to be adaptable down low uh, and be able to finish with multiple hands and from different body positions. And that's something that John seems to already understand very well at a young age. Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's crazy. Right now, we've got him listed at 6'7", 195. I think his weight might be close to there, maybe a little bit higher. But I think John now, from his film, he looks every bit of 6'8". He's uh, overall in the composite, he's ranked 118 overall. I'll just call it like it is. That's terrible. <laughs> 136 in the 247, top 150, terrible. Is That's got to change. Uh and I think as more guys put eyes on John, obviously his AAU season got canceled with team final with Nike shutting everything down. So everything he's been doing has been just training, development, and I'll be honest, it ain't hurting him at all. So the rest of 2021, some more news today on a Tuesday afternoon, class of 2021, James Graham, 
a similar player to John Camden announced a final list, final four, with a decision coming on August the 17th of Memphis, Maryland, Auburn, and Madison. And for those that don't know, he's referring to Wisconsin there. Um, So I'm just going to give the VIP scoop here. This is what our people already know who are in VIP. So again, a dollar for the first month. It's super cheap. Come on, people. Like, Just give us a try. I'm, I'm trying not to be too desperate, but I feel like we deserve the support. And our 50% off restarts again tomorrow. So we have another 50% off deal that starts on the 12th, which is Wednesday. So probably the day this is published, it yeah, will start. Yeah, when this is published, we'll have the 50% off deal running. 50% off all annual memberships, would, which basically gets you a full year for, for pennies. So this is the deal with James Graham. I told everyone ahead of time it would not be Marquette or Wisconsin. I still stand by that. Obviously, that was before he announced his list. I also told everyone before he announced his list that it would be Memphis, Auburn, or Maryland. So where's Memphis fit into this equation? It's going to be very interesting to see how this shakes out. It's very possible that James Graham could affect the dominoes for Memphis with other guys. And more so in terms of, you know, when they're deciding, how quickly, where they're going. So just keep an eye on that. But it will not be Wisconsin. It will be Maryland, Memphis, or Auburn. And the buzz right now, obviously, you guys have seen the crystal ball, appears to be pointing towards Maryland. But for all intents and purposes, from everyone I've talked to involved, it's not done. Um, I can't say too much on the rest of it, but I will say that it has massive implications for Memphis moving forward. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on. So guys, let's take a real quick break. One last ad. We're going to come back, give a couple more nuggets, wrap it up. We'll see you on the other side. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. So that was a pretty long segment. That was a lot of basketball recruiting. And the good news for those that stuck around, if you're still here, and I'm, I'm going to do this because I want to encourage all of you that listen to us week in, week out, to listen, start to finish, all the way to the end. And I'm going to give you some of the juiciest info right here. Another guy, we talked about relationships, Sam Ayamide, John Camden. A lot of people on VIP have probably already put the two and two together. I've hinted at it pretty heavily. But John Camden and Carter Witt are both headed to Brewster Academy to play for Jason Smith. And that is one guy that if Memphis were to, you know, if if they were were to able, if they were to able, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a long podcast, guys. I'm 30 minutes. Words are hard. 
if if they're able to land a guy like John Camden, that immediately puts Memphis at the front of the pack for Carter Witt. Um, Carter Witt, Christian, Kenny, one of y'all want to give a little insight into what he's like, what he is as a player? Yeah, I think, you know, the player that Carter Witt is, we've, we've, I've had a chance to see him in person once. Um, obviously, I've seen a lot of video of him. But if you are thinking about a team and you're thinking about point guard play, um, there are certain players that are just absolute stable players for a team um, that very rarely will turn the ball over, going to make smart decisions, have a point guard mentality where they're going to get everybody in play. You know, they're they're going to get the hot man in play. They're going to um, get their buckets when they can, but they're assists heavy. They push the ball, um, smart players, and that's Carter Witt. You know, that's the kind of player that he is. So I think he's a good pickup for any team that gets him. Uh, but if you're thinking about uh, what he could do for the Tigers, you know, I, imagine imagine a a bigger Alex Lomax coming off the court and or coming onto the court and just providing a level of stability that um, the Tigers experience when Alex is out there. That's the kind of player Carter Witt is. So Carter Witt, for those that don't know, he's a – uh, point guard, 6'3", out of North Carolina. Uh, obviously, like I said before, going to Brewster Academy. One of the guys that Jerry Meyer of 247 Sports compares him to is Josh Perkins, who played at Gonzaga. I don't know if I necessarily like that player comp. I think in terms of size and skill set, it's probably close. But in terms of like just feel for the game and pace, they're different types of players. But obviously, Carter's a, a four-star, top 75 kid. You take that, and that's a good and good option for Memphis long term. You know he's a multi multi year point guard. Um, you know gives you an option depending on what happens with Boogie Ellis, with Damian Ball, with Alex Lomax, uh, and then you can move to 2022, 2023, and really focus on getting that elite level point guard to come in and take you to the next level for those years. One other tidbit again for those that stuck around and that is class of 2021 he's listed as a shooting guard on on 247 sports but he is uh sorry he's listed as a small forward he's more of a shooting guard he's 6566 and that's Jordan Nesbitt out of St. Louis Missouri I love Jordan Nesbitt he's a three level scorer tough as nails plays hard defends like I mean honestly Watching him from watching Tony Allen in high school before he went to Oklahoma State, this this kid reminds me of a better scoring Tony Allen. That I mean, that may sound crazy, but he's got that kind of dog in him. What do you what do y'all think about that comp? Yeah, no, I don't I don't mind it at all. Definitely on as far as the defensive end of the floor and just the tenacity that he plays with. I definitely see that Tony Allen, Marcus Smart type of dog in him. But like you said, he's a better scorer. He can score from all three levels. He's already a pretty developed mid-range and three-point shooter, so that's definitely a plus going into college. But for us, I know, you know, being being from Memphis and being around quote unquote dogs all the time. We love guys like this. We love guys that want to come and play defense and play hard and dive on the floor and scrape up their elbows and knees. Those are the type of dudes that that make teams. Those are the type of dudes that keep teams together, 
keep teams in tight games, and and that's really what Jordan is. So yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of his game. I love anybody that wants to come and play defense and play hard on both ends of the floor. Kenny, you're big. You're our player comp guy. Am I way off? Nah, Brooks. I don't think that your player comp of Tony Allen is is off. I would say this though. You're talking about a kid who is much bigger than Tony Allen. Tony Allen is six four, maybe. You know, he's a Tony's big and he's thick, but he's not a tall person. Um, Jordan is absolutely taller than he is. Um, I think that I think that as I've seen highlights of him, the one thing that I would say is he is going to be a matchup nightmare in college. He is going to be able to take guards into the paint and destroy down there. He's, he's a two guard at college. Yeah, he's already got a well-developed post game as a guard, you know, as a guard player. But then also, let's say let's say a college coach says, "Man, I got to get my 3 on him. I got to get my I got to get somebody bigger to stop him in the post." All right, then I'm going to take you out to the out to the key and and get past you, blow past you all day long. So, I think he's going to make a lot of money um in basketball off of his defense and just energy. But in terms of scoring ability, um, he's got a um, a pretty well-rounded game. It's going to be a matchup nightmare. He's good at he's good at both things, evenly enough to be able to be a threat on the court wherever he is, whoever's guarding him. Well, I, I hated to go here because he didn't he never really panned out at the pro level, but he reminds me a lot. Rewinding the clock to that 2008 class, 2009 maybe. Uh, with DeAndre Liggins that he ended up at Kentucky. Uh, DeAndre out of high school out of Chicago, man, his film was so similar. I think Jordan is probably more advanced offensively than DeAndre was back then. But in terms of that kind of dog, the size, the build, um, very similar. So I bring all of that up and I kind of bring it back to the state of Illinois to say this. I think Jordan Nesbitt is a high priority for this Memphis staff just from reading the tea leaves. I do think the biggest threat for Jordan Nesbitt with Memphis is Illinois. Um, so I, I think watch that one closely. That's a that's a, a guard in this class that I think Memphis will prioritize. And then you you get past that and you say, all right, well, who who do we then move to if Illinois were to get Jordan Nesbitt? So that's where that one stands. I feel like we gave you guys an update on almost every priority target for Memphis, all VIP style. So again, this is a preview of what you get day in, day out with what me, Christian, and Kenny do, how we grind the information we give you. So guys, I got nothing else. Y'all got anything? I'm good. I'm good. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 